Shabbat Shalom, everyone. I'm Rabbi David Levine, and this is Live From Home, and I want to welcome all of our Beth Israel Messianic Synagogue Mishpocha, everyone who has uh, been a podcast listener, glad to have you with us, and everyone who's joining us now, even for the first time through Facebook Live. Those of you who are live with us, this is Yom Shabbat on Saturday morning, July 11th, 2020. And this morning, Rabbi Yuri and Rebetzin Enochorshin will welcome us into their home. They'll lead us in Hebrew prayers and then in worship. And after that, I'll join live from home again. And we will pray God's blessings over our children and the adults together. So if you have a talit, get that ready. And then we'll study the scriptures together. It's going to be a great time. Please use the share button now on this post so that you can let your Facebook friends know that this is a good time to join in and hit the like and the follow buttons if you haven't already. And I wanna encourage you to participate actively with your comments and to stay on track with us and really discern the body as we're going through our time together. At the beginning, we like to greet one another. This is a good time to do that, to use the comment sections and greet each other, and then we can enter into worship together. And then we'll have the time of blessing followed by another minute of greeting one another in the comment section. And after that, we'll study scriptures. And it's great when we're studying the scriptures. I really want to encourage you to stay on track with us. Be discerning of the body during that time. That's not the time to be greeting people. It's the time to be placing good comments that are on track to, uh, for instance, to write the scripture reference down. It's good to have several people posting scripture references. Some of you are really good at that, and I want to encourage you to please do that. It's, it's even useful to have several people posting the references. And then as well, it's useful to have the reference from the scripture and the actual text of the scripture. So some of you are very skilled that I want to encourage you to actively participate by posting that and as well to have pull quotes. Take an important idea and write it in the comment section. So as we get ready to worship, let's thank the Lord for this Shabbat. God has given us the Shabbat so we can join him and we can enter into his rest and we can be refreshed. That's my hope for you that you will rest in the presence of God on this Shabbat, that you will be refreshed, and that as you're entering into worship, you will draw close to the Lord and to all of us who are seeking the Lord together. So from Sandy and me, Shabbat Shalom, and now let's join the Korshan family to Live From Home. Good morning, everyone. Shabbat Shalom, and welcome into our home. Let's start our worship with Hebrew prayers. Let's start with Shema. Let's pray together. Shema Israel Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kevod Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed is the name of his glorious kingdom for all eternity. Amen. Amen. 
and let us proceed with the Shamru. The children of Israel shall keep the Shabbat, observing it throughout their generations as an everlasting covenant. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, and from one Shabbat to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me, says the Lord. Amen.
together. Thank you, Rabbi Yuri Rabbitsanina. Thank you, David Korshin, for leading us into the presence of God and leading us in worship. I really love that last song, which is based on the Amidah prayer, Givarah. It's speaking about the might and the power of God. And we recognize in that prayer that God's power is not measured the way military power or police power might be measured or any kind of destructive power, but rather the power to restore. So sometimes people think they're mighty if they're stronger than the next guy and they can um, defeat him in, in uh, conflict or battle or even argument. However, 
The Lord is demonstrating his power by his ability to restore, to fix what's broken, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, so make no fleeing, to lift up those who have fallen. What a great God we serve and what a redemptive God. So I just love that. I love that worship song and I was so glad that uh, the Corsians led us in that. This morning, we're going to take a moment for a time of blessing, and I want to encourage you to actively participate in this time today. It's been our custom for many years to gather the children under a large and really magnificent talit in the front of the synagogue, and then to gather the adults and to pray a blessing over them. And we want you to participate at home with us. And if you have a talit nearby, Take it and gather your family with you. If you're by yourself and you have a talit, you can just uh, enjoy the talit yourself. And you know what would be great? If this morning you would take a picture of you and your family under your talit, you can do it after this time or even right now if you have uh, a photo camera that's handy, you can take a picture right now. This week, I think yesterday, we posted several pictures. We had the picture from the Stone and Dexter House family all under their talit. We had a picture that um, the Hughes sent us, Wes and Mel, together with their two friendly dogs under their talit. That was a great picture. And Alicia Sullivan sent us a picture as well under her talit. What a beautiful what a beautiful thing that we can enjoy each other's fellowship in this way and we can see each other and recognize what each other is doing. So I want to encourage you, if you do take a picture, you can post it in the comment section under uh, this video, or as well, you can just email it to me or send it to me using any of the Facebook channels. This is a beautiful way to bring your family together. And here's the blessing that's on my heart. It's actually the same blessing as from last week. I want to ask the Lord to bless you with good news. And some of you might say, well, isn't that how you prayed last week? And the answer is yes, it is. But I think that we need more good news. And so I want to pray that every member of your family would receive some good news, each child, each adult. And I can tell you, we received some good news from our family this week. Our grandson Keegan has arrived at Towson State University campus and he's joining the football team there as a kicker and punter. We're excited for him and our grandson Jacob has accepted a job teaching high school math in the area near Davidson College where he just graduated from. So we're excited for them. It's good news for us and we thank the Lord for those blessings. Share with us your good news and we'll share it with others as well in the congregation. So right now, when you gather together, I want to pray for you that God would bless you. Lord, thank you that you are a God of blessing and you've made a covenant of your peace. You have established, Lord, that you are the one who will bless us. You've called us to be a blessing to others. And you have shared with us the good news of Yeshua, the Messiah. And you have told us that this good news touches our personal lives and our family. And so I want to pray, Lord, that the children in our mishpocha would be experiencing good news personally, that the adults, that the youth would be experiencing good news personally, that we would take note of this good news and we would not only keep it deep in our hearts, 
We would write it down so that we could recall it later, and we would also learn to share it with others. Thank you, Lord, for the good news of Yeshua, and thank you for good news that does really overflow from our hearts and our lives. We pray this in Yeshua's name. Amen. So if you're with somebody, tell them, Chazak, be strong, and be bold in sharing your good news. That's how I want to encourage you today with a blessing. And I want to now take a moment for us to greet one another. This is sort of a new kind of fellowship that we're trying to add into live from home. And I think it's uh, actually quite unusual to do this, but you have demonstrated that you're able to participate. So why don't you use the comment section right now and greet two or three people who are watching with us on live from home, greet them by name. And you can say something simple like Shabbat Shalom Paula or Shabbat Shalom Rabbi David. I always am glad to hear from you personally as well, even if I can't read the comments while we're, we're live and while I'm speaking. Sometimes uh, I really love to go and look at all the comments and to read every single comment after a service. That's one of the benefits of Facebook is you can do that. Sadly, last week we had extraordinary participation. I'm so grateful for all of you who took seriously instruction about participating. And we had something like 675 comments from those of you who were watching live because you were really engaging with us. And um, here's the sad thing. I duplicate, I uh, deleted by mistake the video and the comments got deleted. And on Facebook, we can repost the video, but we lose the comments. We lost last week's comments. It was dreadful for me. I had two hours of misery and uh, there was just nothing we could do. But I was so glad that Eddie Sandoval, who's working as our producer and director behind the scenes, he was able to recover the video and post it, but we lost all those comments. So this morning, I wanna encourage you participate really well in the comment section, greet each other right now. It's a great time to be doing that. It's a great time to fellowship. And after we conclude this minute of greeting, then we'll turn to prayer because I do want you to join me in praying for uh, a couple of situations and people. So Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Isn't it great that we can have fellowship like this? And I'm going to take a moment and try to, to look at those of you who are actually greeting each other. And um, it, it's like quite a few are, are doing that. Thank you so much for participating in this way. And uh, as, we're, as we're winding up this time of fellowship, Let's turn our hearts to prayer. Would you do that with me? And would you join me in praying for Florence Woods, who um, her husband Willie died and they had the funeral yesterday. Sandy and I heard from Florence this morning. Let me read to you what she wrote. Everything went well and my children have been supportive throughout and I am thankful. I'm trying to regroup physically so I can be about it. Thanks again for praying and for supporting me. Love you so much. So we send that word to all of you. And if you would take a moment now and write uh, a prayer of comfort 
and a word of condolence for Florence Woods in the comments section, then we will be able to again express our love together. Join me as we pray for her. Lord, we thank you for Florence and we thank you that you're close to her during this time of sorrow and mourning, this very tender time. And Lord, we thank you that you have been answering our prayers and her prayers and that her family is being supportive and that they are supporting her and standing with her and, and that your peace and your love is actually helping them through this most difficult time. We pray for Florence for her physically. We know that she's facing a number of medical issues personally, some that she's had to uh, postpone dealing with because of giving attention to her husband. And we pray now, Lord, that you would you would refresh her, you would strengthen her. And as she's taking this time of, of mourning, that, that you would build her up and you would fortify her. We pray that she could regain strength and she could also have wisdom about the steps to take in the weeks ahead about her own health issues. Lord, we love you and we're grateful to you that you are a comforter and that you said, blessed are they who mourn, they will be comforted. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. Thank you all for joining me in praying. And now we want to pray for, for one more person. Our, our good friends, Rabbi David Schneier, Rebetzin, Leslie Schneier, our leading congregation, Beth Hallel in Birmingham, Alabama. And their grandson, Ian, is now a cadet at West Point and he tested positive for COVID-19. And Ian had just been with a number of his uh, relatives, others in the family. Uh, the Schneier family had been together for some vacation time and fellowship time. And so he's tested positive for COVID-19 and we're praying for others who may also be infected with this, this serious, this serious um, virus. So would you join me in praying for him and for protection for him and for the whole family? Lord, we thank you for the Schneier family. We thank you for their, for their faithfulness and their love and their friendship. And we pray that you would bless them with good news from Ian, that, that you would protect him from severe, severe repercussions from this illness. We ask Lord for quick healing for him. We pray as he's in isolation and, and quarantine because of his infection, that you would draw close to him, that this would be a time of close fellowship with him and you. And we pray for his dad. We pray for the whole family and everyone in the Schneier family who has been exposed and may be at risk. Lord, we ask for protection in Yeshua's name. Amen. So thank you for joining in that prayer for, for Ian Schneier. Some of you read the prayer request earlier this week and, and you saw Rabbi David's grandson and you're thinking it was my grandson, but it's Rabbi David Schneier's grandson. And so thank you for praying for him. 
Thank you for joining with us. You know, our congregation, Beth Israel, is a congregation that really enjoys having fellowship together, but we also enjoy that particular privilege we have, which is to pray on behalf of other people. Not only do we pray for each other, not only do we pray for ourselves, but we pray for others. And that's why many people all over the world connect with us in order to experience this sense of mishpocha and this action which we are always wanting to take to be a house of prayer. Yeshua said, my house will be, you know it, a house of prayer. Why don't you write that in the comments? Some of you are, are really paying attention right now. I want to ask you, write house of prayer in the comment section right now. Let's have quite a few people write that so that we can remind ourselves how important it is for us to be together like this and to, to embrace our calling to its fullest. Thank you so much for participating. Now we're going to begin our study of the scriptures. Let's pray together. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Asher Kedshanu B'mitzvotav V'tzivanu La'asok B'divrei Torah. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Amen. I want to speak this morning about speech and how we can serve the Lord with our speech. Last night, I called this message lip service, and it was, uh, it was in reference to how we can use our lips in service to God, though often we use that term lip service to mean someone is sort of hypocritical. They're saying things, but they're not doing them. I want to talk to you about the importance of learning to speak well to many different kinds of people, and also how to listen to other people well. This is a topic that, that we address at various times throughout the year because it's important, but it's especially important right now. In order for us to fulfill our calling as a Messianic community, we have to be able to speak well and to be clear in our language, but also to be gracious in our language. We are called as a community and as individuals to be a light. We're called to be a light that shines brightly with the light and the goodness that comes from Messiah Yeshua, from the Lord, the God of Israel. And we can't put our light under a basket. These days it's very difficult sometimes to express um, personal positions that are not popular with people around you. But I wanna encourage you to learn how to be gracious in the expression of the good things that God has done for you. It's important for us to be visible and to be known. And we do have good news to share. Each of us has the experience of God and of God's grace, of his forgiveness. That's worth sharing for people. It's also worth sharing that we have good news as a community, as a congregation, as a mishpocha. And we are a congregation made up of many different kinds of people. We're a mixed we're a mixed multitude in a sense. We're a mixed congregation, uh, a mixed people. We are a congregation with Jewish people, and we're a congregation with people from other backgrounds, other ethnicities, other cultures, but we come together and we have a calling because God wants to use us 
to help restore the Jewish people, but he also wants us to restore other ethnic groups, other people groups, people who uh, are part of our congregation as well and are important to you. So it's not just the Jewish people who are important, though the Jewish people are important. Let me say it this way. The Jewish people are important, but also the other people groups are important as well. And our congregation reflects this. We have many different countries of origin that are reflected in our congregation. Many different skin colors, black, brown, white. We, we have all kinds of people. We are not a homogeneous bunch demographically or even socially. We're, we're quite diverse. And we have many people who hold different political positions and understandings, different educational levels, different socioeconomic positions, but we come together. We come together because God has brought us together and we love the diversity that we have together. Anyone who's ever worshiped with us uh, in person can see that diversity reflected all around us. It's quite visible. It's, it's, it's quite obvious too. Now, what's important is not just that we are together physically, but we're together with our hearts. And that starts with our knowing, with our personal awareness that God loves us equally well. We are a community that, that demonstrates that we serve the Lord of equal men, the Lord of equal women, the Lord of equal men and women. It's, it's not that some of us are elite and preferred by God. It's that all of us have equal standing before God. The Lord regards each person as having value and worth. The Lord considers all of us worthy of his love and his redemption. And we do not, we do not want to be separated despite our distinctiveness. We want to be united during this time. And we see, and this is very important, we see it in the scriptures. There is a prophetic mandate that God has given that, that calls us to be together. We see it with Moses and his wife, Zipporah. We see it through the prophets, Isaiah and Jeremiah. I wanna read to you from Isaiah 49, verse six, a very valuable, scripture that's worth taking note of. And at this point, I want to give some instruction. Again, I, I want to ask several of you who are really good at this to write in the comment section, Isaiah 49, verse six. And let's see if we can get not just two or three, but I would say eight, nine, 10 or more of you. In fact, everybody who's willing, if you would go to the comment section on Facebook under this post, and you would write this scripture, Isaiah 49, verse six. Write that down because it will, um, it will help us be connected to the same scripture. And it'll sort of, um, it'll create momentum, forward momentum for us. So Isaiah 49, verse six, let me read to you. The Lord says, it is too small a thing for you to only be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob, to restore only the Jewish people and to only bring back those of Israel that I have kept. Now, this was spoken to Isaiah personally because he was called to restore the Jewish people, but he was also called to restore other nations as well. 
the Lord says it's too small a thing for you. But this writing uh, of the call to Isaiah is also an expression of God's call for all of us who have been joined to the God of Israel. It goes on and, and the Lord says, I will also make you a light for the nations. Can I ask a few of you right now to post these words, I will also make you a light for the nations. I will also make you a light for the nations. Please post that. It'd be great to have just a flood of comments posting that because this is important. We have a two-sided calling here. We have a call to restore the Jewish people and we have a call to restore people from other ethnic groups. And one of the ways we realize that call as a community is by learning to be together as a community with our differences and with our distinctives. We don't just disappear with all of our cultural distinctives becoming invisible. No, we can celebrate those distinctives. And so the Lord says, I will also make you a light for the nations. I'm seeing it right now. The Dexter houses are posting it and Masella is posting it. Others are too. Um, Swally Butler's posting it. Great Wally Butler and uh, Gene Smith and Tracy a. Bush and Brian Stone, thank you. I'm just reading the comments off to the side. I've got my iPad and I can see the comments off to the side. And when I'm looking over there like I am right now, I can see that my head is turned away. But that's what it takes for me to see the comments that you're writing. And um, Georgia and Charlotte, thank you so much for participating in this way. This is like us sitting next to each other and repeating something. You know, sometimes when we're studying together, I'll say, turn to your neighbor and tell them this. And you're doing the same thing. It's a way of, of creating this participative and interactive atmosphere that we love at our synagogue. And I, I want to encourage you to learn how to engage as we're getting ready to start up in-person uh, meetings for our Shabbat services on Saturdays. I want you to know that there will be capacity limits, of course, because of the pandemic, and there'll be protocols we'll have to follow. But we will also have live from home continuing, and we're gonna find a way to, to have a new format using our new technologies so that we can connect live from home live with our live in synagogue services so that everybody all over the world can participate with us who's willing and everybody at Beth Israel will have a way either to be in person or to participate online live or through video. So we're practicing how to do this. We're learning as a community how to use this technology. And we're learning how to do it in such a way that it refreshes us. It strengthens us. It enables us to participate in some of the very things that are most valuable, most precious, most distinctive about our congregation and the experience we have together. Thank you, Vanessa White, for posting the scripture reference, Isaiah 49, 6, and the scripture itself. This is a great way that we can do it. And when you're participating like this and you're joining in, you are actually going to receive more from the Lord. Let's continue. Our call to the Jewish people 
includes a call to serve other people groups too. This is an expanded and enlarged understanding that's so important for us that we can, we can have a calling to the Jewish people, but it doesn't exclude, it actually enables us to fulfill a greater calling to other nations, meaning other people groups, other, ethnic, other ethnicities, other nationalities as well. The new covenant of God is not a narrowing down, even though the way is narrow, the road is narrow, the path is narrow, but the salvation of God is being made available to the whole world through Messiah Yeshua. The God of Israel is the God of all the nations of the world. There's one God and he does choose to be identified, to be recognized as the God of Israel, but he also wants to be known as the God of heaven and earth. And so our God is not trying to universalize himself and, and become uh, the former God of Israel. Rather, he's the God of Israel and he's the God of all the nations of the earth. That's what the Apostle Peter understood. It's expressed in Acts chapter 10, verse 34. Can, can you write this in the comment section? Several of you right now. Acts 10, verse 34. It is so great to focus on this. Now, I want to encourage you, those who are using the comments right now, hold comments that aren't on track for later. There'll be times when, when we pray, and there'll be times when we're studying together. So there are times when we're greeting and there are times when we're studying. I wanna encourage you, participate on track with us. And, and later you can go back if you want to. You can post comments on the video at the right time when there's prayer, and that will be added to prior comments. But let's stay on track right now. This isn't the time to be greeting each other. You might smile at each other, but don't get distracted with greetings and don't get it distracted with other topics. Stay on track with us and discern what we're doing right now. Acts 10.34. Let's see that on the comment section right now because we want to focus on this. Thank you, uh, Masella and Tim and, and Jenny for posting Acts 10.34 and others of you who are posting right now, Dolores. I, I can see your names coming up. And just like I can see you participating, the Lord's taking notice of your participation as well. And I think it brings joy to his heart like it does to my heart. And I think to the hearts of others who are gathering together. It brings joy to all of us that you participate actively. It's so great. And Wally Butler, thank you for for adding more text as well. I'm gonna give you my expanded translation of Acts 10.34, and later on you may wanna go back and listen to the podcast and take notes about this, or you may wanna watch the video again on Facebook or on YouTube so that you can get this. But the expanded translation, I think, captures some important ideas for us. Peter says this, now I really understand that God does not show favoritism. He welcomes those from every nation and every ethnic group who respect him and do what is right. He has given this message for the Jewish people. We proclaim the gospel of peace through Yeshua the Messiah. 
This is the message we've been given. We proclaim the gospel, the good news of peace through Yeshua the Messiah, who is Lord of all people groups. Those ideas are so important when we recognize that God is the God of the nations that were called to be a light to the nation. Sometimes we only think about a geopolitical map and we look at the countries on the earth, you know, on a map or on a globe and we think that's what God's talking about. But he's really talking about ethne, ethnic groups, uh, people groups, cultural groups nationalities and sometimes people groups are spread over great distances sometimes they're concentrated sometimes they're living in countries that uh, no longer reflect by their names or by their dominant culture the earlier origins of the people groups who were there at an earlier time it's important for us to understand that God is interested in and he loves all the nations, all the nationalities, all the people groups. We are equal before him. And we're equal also by gender, male and female. We're equal even by socioeconomic status, rich and poor are equal before God. We're equal by age, young and old are important to God. We're equal by citizenship. The native born and the immigrant are also standing before God with equality. We're equal racially, regardless of the color of our skin or our ethnic background or our racial background. We are equal before God. It's important to know that. It's important to be able to say that equal before God. It's important in our country to be equal before the law. It's also important to be equal before God. Why don't you write that down? Equal before God. You have worth regardless of your bank account. You have worth to God. You have worth to God regardless of your educational attainment. You have worth before God, equal worth before God, regardless of your race, the color of your skin, your height, your weight, your size, your, your personality, equal worth before God. Because God created us. He made us. He knows us and he loves us. He formed us with purpose and intention. You exist because God gave you life. You exist because you have value to God. And, and the coming of Yeshua is, is in order to restore you to the value that God has in mind for you. That nothing would separate you, that every harm that's been done to you through sin, through iniquity, through transgression, your own or those of others, would be resolved in such a way that you could be close to God. That's important for us to understand. And as a community, we come together and we embrace that equality before God. It's a beautiful thing. Now, don't get me wrong. We're not a perfect community by any accounts. We're all human beings. We all fall short. We're all a work in progress. Isn't it true? We're all learning how to show love and respect to each other. We're all learning about this. But I think that we're making good progress and we will continue to make progress. We're a community that's brought together because we love God. We love Yeshua the Messiah. 
We love the scriptures. We love each other. We love our country and we love Israel. We love the Jewish people. These things all bind us together. And we can say, those of us who are here in Jacksonville, we can say, God bless America. We want God to bless our country. We can say, let the United States support Israel. It's so important to be able to say this. We can say boldly, without reservation, to our American Jewish families and friends, do not be afraid to stand with Israel. We can say it another way, be bold to stand with Israel. And we can say it in many different ways, in every place I stand with Israel. Now, Israel is not a perfect country by any means, but it has a right to exist and it's called by God to be a homeland for the Jewish people. It's also called to be a place that shines the light of Messiah and one day it will. In the meantime, we stand with Israel and support her safe boundaries and borders and defensible borders and the right of the state of Israel to defend her citizens. We stand like this, we need to be bold and we need to understand in these chaotic times that there are many voices that are trying to hijack the topic of racial equality and the movement towards justice for um, the black members, the African-American members of our American society. They're trying to hijack it for other purposes to establish another kind of philosophy, not the philosophy that, that comes uh, from our founding documents of the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, the amendments, including the Bill of Rights. No, another kind of philosophy. We need to hold firm. We don't want a Marxist philosophy. And, and some of the folks who are involved in, in the movement to establish racial equality actually have another agenda that they speak about boldly and freely among themselves. There are some who are active and bold in declaring that they have a Marxist agenda or a socialist agenda, which is in, in fact a Marxist agenda, and that they're against the, the, the society that exists here in the United States. And they wanna see it destroyed and replaced with a different kind of society. I'm very wary of that because I understand historically that the people who want that kind of revolution, not reformation, but revolution, bring with them hostile philosophies and understandings. And it's worthwhile for you, as you're standing for racial justice and equality, it's worthwhile for you to investigate the, the philosophies of leaders of some of the groups that, that are wanting to use the current situation in order to accomplish another agenda. This is happening on the left. It's happening on the right. There are Marxists on the, the left. There are white supremacists on the right and nationalists on the right. And, and we've got to sort through this so that we can stand firm. We don't want to find ourselves as a country in the situation that Germany found herself in, in the 20s and beyond, where there were terrible choices between communism on one side and Nazi fascism on the other side. They were in conflict. To, be, to have to choose between those two choices is a horrible 
horrible situation. We need to avoid that. Some of you would say, well, that can't happen here. Wrong. It can happen anywhere. It can happen here. And we're seeing that, that there is extremism on each side that would like to dominate and to overcome all others in order to get their extremist views established. Be careful out there. I'm trying to warn you in the most cautious ways. And I know this, that there are many Jewish people who are joining in with some traditionally liberal causes and not realizing that they are now supporting anti-Israel and anti-Semitic groups. There are many liberal groups in these days that have become officially anti-Semitic in their policies and officially anti-Israel and anti-Zionist. And I challenge you, if, if you are going to be wise, learn enough so that you know where people stand. Well, we need to tell others that here at Beth Israel, we are loving each other and we need to listen to each other and we need to serve each other and we need to continue to work together. And, and I know I know that in many ways, we're, we're an example that would encourage people. So tell people about your experience. Tell people about your experience loving people of different races, different ethnicities, different socioeconomic statuses, different countries of origin, your experience at Beth Israel. Share that good news and connect it to the scriptures so that people can see that your living testimony reflects God's great calling in our lives. Now, last night I called this message lip service, and this morning I wanted to call it serving the Lord with our speech. And I want to encourage you because every one of us who loves God and every one of us who wants to serve him in effective ways needs to learn how to speak well. We have to learn how to listen. We have to learn how other people think so that we can speak to different kinds of people. Oh, of course, you can speak to yourself and people just like you. But I like what T.D. Jake said recently, and, and I'll read to you some notes I took. He said, you cannot live at peace with people you don't talk to. You, if you only talk to people who agree with you and who share your perspective, you will never be well-rounded enough to resolve any real problems. Until we come together, he said, and until we reason together, and until we hear each other's perspective without putting pressure on people to have your opinion about it, then America will never fully be the United States of America. I appreciate that sentiment that he expressed. I thought he crafted his statement quite well. It's important for us to be able to listen to different perspectives, and it's important for us to be able to understand different perspectives so that we can work together to resolve big problems together. Now, in the Haftorah, we read about the call of Jeremiah and how God called him to be both a prophet to Israel and a prophet to the nations of the world. And that is a challenging proposition. It's easier if you just wanna prophesy at 
people. If you just want to go blah, blah, blah to people so that you make your point and you sort of jab them, that's one thing. But if you want to have a positive effect, if you want to truly be prophetic, you want to have um, a, a way of speaking that has a positive impact on the people. God was calling Jeremiah to that. And he called him when he was a young man, just a lad, according to the Hebrew scriptures, Jeremiah chapter one, verses four through eight. Let's write that down. Jeremiah one, verses four through eight. Here is the word of Adonai that came to me. This is what Jeremiah wrote that the Lord said to him. Verse five, he starts quoting the Lord. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, Jeremiah. Before you were born, I separated you, Jeremiah, for myself. Jeremiah, I've appointed you to be a prophet to the nations, a prophet to different ethnic groups, to different people groups, too. I love this statement, I knew you before you were born, even before you were conceived. It really is a remarkable idea and worth pondering that God would know us before our soul had been put into our physical bodies. It's an amazing thing. God says, I've appointed you, Jeremiah. Jeremiah was chosen by God before he had done anything, before he had even been born, before he had done good or bad. Verse six, Jeremiah says this, I said, Oh, Adonai Elohim, oh Lord, my God, I don't even know how to speak. I'm just a child. I'm just a lad. Jeremiah is saying to the Lord, I can't do it. I don't know how to speak. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to, how to, how to say it. How could I ever be effective as a prophet to other people groups? Verse seven, but the Lord said to me, don't say I'm just a child. I think that's a powerful statement. Jeremiah was thinking, well, I don't have enough experience. I'm too young. I can't do this. And the Lord says, don't talk like that. Don't say I'm just a child. I was pondering that. And Sandy, it turns out, had read the same passage and was also pondering it. She had a very interesting point that I want to share with you. It's not just young people who can say something like that. I can't do this because I'm too young. Older people can say, well, I can't do this because I'm too old. You see, whether you're young or old, male or female, black or white, do you get the point? There are ways that we can think we're not capable or we're disqualified or no one will listen to us or we can't be effective. And Jeremiah heard a correction from the Lord. The Lord did not agree with Jeremiah. The Lord said to Jeremiah, don't you say I'm just a child. Some of you need to hear this. Don't say I'm too old. Don't say I'm black. Don't say I'm a woman. Don't say, well, I was born in another country. Don't say it. Don't think like that. Verse seven continues. For you will go to whomever I send you and you will speak whatever I order you. I think that's so useful and so practical for all of us. The Lord wants to send us to people. The Lord said to Jeremiah, I will send you to the ones I want you to speak to. Tell them what I tell you to say. Tell them how I tell you. Speak in the way 
that I want you to speak. Don't just use your own words and don't just use your own attitude, but be strong to pay attention to what the Lord says and how he says it. Verse eight, do not be afraid of them, for I am with you, says Adonai, and I will rescue you. Don't be afraid of them. Sandy read a translation said, don't be afraid of their faces. When you come face to face with them, don't get scared. I'm with you. I'll save you. And we were both laughing about this. When the Lord says, don't be afraid, you know why. It's because he's sending us into a situation that is fearful. But then the Lord also says, I will rescue you. I mean, that's good news on one hand, but it's also quite humorous. And it reveals the lighthearted way that God can deal with us about serious things. Don't worry, I'll rescue you. You know why God said that? Because Jeremiah would need rescuing. It turns out he'll, he would need rescuing, not just from people from other people groups, but from his own people groups. And I can say that every one of us who is born Jewish and shares the good news of Yeshua with our family and friends, we know there are times when we need a little rescuing too, don't we? Because not everybody's ready to respond with open hearts and with generosity. Not everyone's tolerant of the good news. Not everyone is tolerant of Jewish people who believe in Yeshua. And so sometimes we can be insulted and reviled, and that's just part of the life. God will rescue us. Don't be so afraid that you fail to do what God has given you. The life of the prophet is not easy, and the life of prophetic people is not easy. And friends, we are called in the Messianic movement to be prophetic people. So this is what we've signed up for. Now I want to read to you from this week's Brit HaChadashah portion. It's in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 through 12. And please write this in the comment section right now. 1 Peter 3, verses 8 through 12. And I'm looking forward to a number of you writing this down because it's, it's one of the readings that we have for this week. It goes with the Torah portion and with the Haftor portion the Brittachadasha portion is also useful to us. First Peter 3, starting in verse 8. Peter, remember, Peter is an apostle to the Jewish people, though he has a call to all people. And he says this, finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love each other, be compassionate and humble. Now, that's important. Where it says like-minded, Peter doesn't mean groupthink. He doesn't mean political corrective, uh, corrective speech, uh, politically correct speech. What he means is have a mind towards God and a mind towards each other that is consistent with your love of God and your call to love each other. Be like-minded in this regard and be sympathetic. Don't be harsh with each other. Love each other because anything we do that doesn't reflect a motive and actions of love ceases to be authentic before God. Be compassionate and be humble. He continues, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. 
and I can say oy vey. During these times of vast use of social media, believers are engaging in exchanges of insult. I'm shocked sometimes by the vile language that people who declare that they love God and they even love Yeshua, the vile language that people use in their conflict on social media, it's shameful, really. And it's not authentic. It's not bold to match insult with insult. It's not godly to do that. It's actually ungodly. It's the way of the world. And when you stand before God, do you really want God to review with you all the insults that you put on social media towards other people that you disagreed with? I, I don't want to. I want my heart to be cleaner than that. Instead, the Apostle Peter says, on the contrary. Contrary means instead of. It means opposing. Be different and repay evil with blessing. Because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. You see, we're called to bless even our enemies. This is a hard word that Yeshua gave, that you can love your friends, but to love your enemies and to bless them is actually quite difficult. You're not going to hear this uh, coming from sources that don't believe in the teachings of Yeshua and in the scriptures, because these unique perspectives are not reflected in all of the political uh, positions and narratives that people use these days. You can be very worldly and you can repay evil with evil. You can repay insult with insult. But to be godly and to inherit the blessing means even when people are speaking in such a way that is insulting, that you get a hold of yourself. You take the time, you manage your anger and you manage your emotions in such a way that you can bring them under the authority of God and the teachings of Yeshua. Verse 10, for whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. This is very interesting. Insults are lumped in together with evil here. Everyone who loves life and wants to see good days must keep their tongue from insulting others. Wow, that is powerful. And their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. And they must seek peace and pursue it even with those who are insulting and reviling them. Verse 12, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil and who speak insults, if I can include that as well. I want to close by reading from two Psalms that have had a powerful place in my life since I was a boy. I remember as a as a child, as a teenager, going to the synagogue I grew up in with my family in Roanoke, Virginia, Beth Israel Synagogue. It was a conservative Jewish synagogue, not a Messianic synagogue. But we would, in the Siddur, use the Amidah prayers in its entirety and the prayers that follow as well. And one of the concluding prayers that's associated with the Amidah is based on Psalm 19 and Psalm 34. Let me read to you 
two relevant passages. Psalm 19, verse 14. Can you write that in the comment section right now? Three or four of you, Psalm 19, verse 14. I, I want to see that show up on the comment section because I want you to have that reference and I want every one of us to take note of this. This has been important to me since I was a child and it's important to me today. I want it to be important to you. Psalm 19, verse 14 says, May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable unto you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. That is powerful. Thank you, Fran Stone, for posting that. Let's see some others. And Yolanda, thank you for posting it. A few more. Aaron is posting it too. Some others as well. Let's take this to heart. Becky Butler, thank you for posting that. And Charlotte, others are posting. Let me read this again. May the words of my mouth, what I say, and the meditations of my heart, the things that are stirring inside of me, be acceptable unto you, O Lord. And when we think of acceptable, I want you to think of it this way. Not just that God can accept it and tolerate it, but that God would welcome it. And he would consider that our speech and the meditations of our heart are worthy before him. He would look upon us and he would hear us and he would take note of the things that are being formed in us and he would quell to use a good Yiddish term. He would rejoice. He would he would be glad. He would he would smile when he hears us speaking. And he would smile when he looks into our hearts as our words are being formed. Psalm 34 verse 13 has, um, it includes a prayer of protection. O Lord, guard my tongue from evil and my lips from speaking guile. And let those who speak against me, let me give no heed. Lord, guard my tongue from evil and my lips from speaking guile. These, these connect. I need your help, Lord. I want to have a right attitude. I want to do well, and I'm going to need your help and your protection. Help me learn when to be silent. Lord, help me learn when to, to be silent before you. And let me read a scripture from the Psalms that really touched Sandy this week, touched her heart, and she shared it with me. And she just texted me a note about this. I want to read it to you. It's from Psalm 131, verse 2. It's the last thing I want to read to you today. Psalm 131, verse 2. Could some of you please post that reference on the comment section right now? Psalm 131, verse 2 says this, I have calmed and quieted myself. I am like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child, I am content. The New Living Translation puts it this way. Instead, I have calmed and quieted myself. Like a weaned child who no longer cries for its mother's milk. Yes, like a weaned child is my soul within me. What a beautiful sentiment. Each of us needs to learn how to calm and quiet ourselves. We need to learn how to get a grip on it, if you will, and not just to push it down, not just to suppress our feelings, but how to become quiet and calm. And not just looking for others to do it to us, 
but for us to learn how to do it ourselves. And just like a child, a little baby who is accustomed to crying when they're hungry and wants to be breastfed, we need to go beyond that stage where we can quiet ourselves and we can find peace in ourselves. I want to encourage you to put effort into this. It's my prayer for you today. It's Sandy's prayer for you today. Let us each learn to quiet and calm ourselves before the Lord and with each other. What a great prayer. So thank you for participating in the study. Thank you for engrossing yourselves in the words of the scriptures together with us. In this way, we are fulfilling the command to engross ourselves. There's one more part. Take what we learn and put it into practice. To hear and to do. That's what Yeshua said. You want to be on the rock? You want your life built on the rock? The things you hear, put into practice. That's how you do it. Well, we're getting ready to close um, this part of the service, I, I want to share with you something. We will be sending out an email to all the Beth Israel Mishpocha this weekend. It'll go out um, today or tomorrow. You should get it. And it will give you some important information about our plans for in-person meetings at the synagogue. And you'll know, you'll learn about the protocols that we're going to have, some of the details. It takes a lot of work to get everything ready. We've got practice sessions that are being scheduled for the weeks ahead, and we have a timetable so that we can complete those practices and debug everything and have a great time together. It will take your participation. You're going to be responsible too. It's not just a matter of showing up. You'll be responsible to help us protect each other from community spread of the virus, which requires your active participation and compliance with protocols. You need to have the right heart too, as we're doing all of this. Plus we'll be using an RSVP system so that we can allocate um, space equitably so that with limited capacity, we'll be able to have a fair rotation. At the same time, we're gonna be having live from home continue, and we're going to have new format and use new technology to connect live from home with in-synagogue experience. It's gonna be very unusual. It's gonna take a lot of work and a lot of effort, and we've already put a lot of work into it. We want it to be great, and we want it to be useful for everyone, whether they're in the sanctuary or whether they are somewhere else. We want us all to be able to participate. So look for that email. If you're part of the Beth Israel Mishpocha, you will get that email. Read all the attachments that come. That's my request of you. There's a, there will be a lot to read and be on the lookout for that. It's, it's really encouragement to me that we can move forward, even in the midst of uh, this increasing spread of COVID-19 here in Florida. We can follow some protocols that minimize the risks or reduce the risk. You can't get rid of all the risks, but we're going to do everything we can so that um, we can protect each other from community spread as we gather together. I want to thank all of you who have been faithful with your ties and with your offerings, with your generosity and with your cheerfulness supporting Beth Israel. Not only do you help us continue to do what you're doing, but your faithful support enables us to expand what we're doing and has enabled us to reach tens of thousands more people through Live From Home 
through this new technology. Your faithful giving will help us develop our new formats and integrate our services live and in person and live and online. Thank you for your support. It, it, it does take a lot of resources and we will need even additional resources because there are additional costs that are ahead for us for disinfecting the sanctuary each time that it's used. And there will be increased costs with security that's necessary in this time period. So I want to encourage you to be generous and make sacrificial offerings above and beyond dedicated to the additional costs. Thank you for having a cheerful attitude. Thank you for your continued generosity and faithfulness. There are some of you who, who want to participate in what we're doing by giving, and you've never been a, a financial contributor to what we're doing, and you, you want to participate in that now. Or maybe you have in the past, but you want to become a regular supporter of us. Here's how you can do it. Go to bethisraelnow.com giving and you can find on our webpage the simple, easy to follow instructions about how to use Giving Fire and how to use PayPal so that you can set up your accounts or use your accounts and customize them. Very easy to use, very secure. We've had no security problems whatsoever. You can also use the uh, USPS, the Postal Service, and send checks. You can use your bill pay system through your bank as well. We're ready to receive your support and we thank you for your generosity. Some, some of you have, have been people who have really been blessed by Live From Home and by our podcast. And this is a good time for you to stand shoulder to shoulder with us. It's a good time for you to join in and help us carry the weight of this ministry so that together we can do much more than we could ever do on our own. I thank you for your faithfulness and for your generosity. And I can tell you that every one of us who stands together in this way makes a big difference in what we can do. I want to close this time with Aaron's blessing as we normally do at Beth Israel. And then we'll follow that with a final worship song with the Corson family. So right now, why don't you gather together with your family and everyone who's watching there with you. And if you're not together, then you can imagine being together. And, and let's just pray Aaron's blessing. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep watch over you and protect you and even guard your lips and guard your heart. May the Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you so that you can shine upon others. May the Lord be gracious to you so that you can pour out gracious speech towards others. May the Lord lift up his face to you and be attentive to you so that you can be attentive and listen carefully to other people, including those who have different opinions and perspectives. And may the Lord give you peace so that you can have calm and quiet in your soul. We pray this in the name of Yeshua, our Messiah. Amen. And so from my wife, Sandy, who's been participating with us, not on the Facebook channel, but through watching Facebook through um, 
through her system and also through text back and forth with me and others who are working behind the scenes from my wife Sandy and me and from all who are involved in the production of Live From Home from our cantor Aaron Jacobs or Elder Brian Stone from all of us who are putting things together so that we can serve you and we can serve the Lord together. We say Shabbat Shalom and now let's go to the Korshan family. Thank you very much, Rabbi David. Shalom, Mishpacha. Let's finish our service with a joyful song. Kol haolam kulo Gesher tsar Gesher tsar Gesher tsar Shalom. 